you're listening to the Multifaceted Mama podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Collins. Okay, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Multifaceted Mama podcast. I'm so excited for today's guest. Y'all know I'm new to adding the guest to the podcast, so I had to pick some people that were very special to me and that I would be so excited to share their perspective with you guys. So today is the royal doula herself, Mrs. Ebene Piggy, who she was my doula for Luca, who crazy is almost two years old at the time that we're recording this, but I won't take up too much more of introing her because outside of being an amazing doula, she has so many different roles and hats, and she's a mom of four boys herself and a wife. So Ebene, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Ebene. I am a, these days, I'm a doula mentor and I um, own a doula practice as well. So those are the two main roles that I kind of carry right now. I'm also a mom of four boys. So when I'm not doing birth work, when I'm not mentoring doulas, I'm, I'm a mom. Yes. So, and I feel like that's, that's part of the reason outside of you know, obviously I love you and you're amazing. So I wanted to have you on as it relates to pregnancy and birth related things, because I've noticed the listeners really enjoy those episodes, but also I think just as a mom and as a business owner and a woman of faith, there's so many more um, facets of yourself to play off of our podcast title here that make your your voice and your perspective and, um, just your experience is so unique and you really bring that to your businesses as well. And so tell us a little bit more. You're in the DFW area for anybody curious, tell us a little bit about your latest endeavors with like doula mentorship in the agency. Cause that's like your newest thing that you're really focusing on. Right. Yes. So I've been, I started birth work and really getting into it um, about 10, 11 years ago, actually now when my 11 year old was born. And after the birth of my 11 year old, it just got, took me down a path of really um, sharing my story. So everything started with me sharing my story, my testimony, and it just kind of blossomed from there. Were you sharing? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I started off as a childbirth educator. Okay. So was it people Um, like people in your community or like your friends or family? What did you find yourself with sharing your birth experience? um, So let me just go back. So after I had my son, Caleb, it it was a VBAC experience. So it was super, um, it was scary. It was something I needed to prepare for. And so after that experience went just amazingly well um, and God led me through that, I started sharing with just people in my community. So like, you know, know, I've always been a very involved mom. So, you know, if we were at the local library doing, you know, book, you know, the the reading, like they like libraries have little free reading. Yeah. I would share with a mom or if I'm at the park and I'm talking to a mom, I'm, I'll share their birth, you know, the birth story. 
And like most situations, you know, a mom sees a cute baby, you're holding your baby and they start chatting and then you get to sharing your birth story. And so people were just so amazed. And I was amazed that people were so amazed. Cause you said this was now, uh, Caleb was, how old was Caleb? 11. So this is 11 years ago. So at that time, I think now we're kind of coming around to knowing that we have more options and like advocating and really looking into our birth experiences. But if you think about 10 years ago, or excuse me, 11 years ago, I could see how it would be like, wow, like you did what? Like, tell me about it, you know? I mean, and really it was 12 years ago because, you know, I was pregnant and then trying yeah. to search. And you're right. It was not a lot of um, resources out there. It was not a lot of um, women of color. No, you know, black women. You didn't see us in the media showcasing birth experiences. You, We didn't have Instagram where you can go ahead and look at beautiful stories of um, black women having empowered births. And so for me, I have to scour through the World Wide Web mm-hmm. and try to see what I can see and find, you know, find something that was inspirational. And I kind of piecemeal stories together and had my experience. Um, but women, Black women in particularly, were just like, what? You can do that? You can have a water birth? where did you do that? And people were so intrigued um, that I knew I needed to share. Like I started feeling an obligation. I started feeling a burden because now it was beyond just, they, you know, it was beyond just, oh, okay, that was cool. It was just like, you can see people's eyes light lightening up and you can see that they were just yearning for something. And so I was like, okay, all right. And then we breastfed as well. Yeah. And so, and I would get, st- I would get people stopping me, you know, cause I would wear him in my little baby wrap and I'm walking around. And first of all, people are just so intrigued by that. And I think even now still, you know, my doula moms would tell me like they have their baby in the wrap. People would stop them. Oh, you know, what is yeah. that? So cool. So that started conversation breastfeeding. So I figured between the, natural out of hospital birth experience that I had and breastfeeding, I could just kind of like educate people as a childbirth educator in that yeah. way. Feel that. So that's where that started. And I'm assuming as it relates to like sharing your own testimony and making those connections with people, your faith had always been a part of it, but to fast forward now you your whole process that you coined is God-led childbirth. And now I feel like you have really like embraced that and you have your journal and it's such a part of, I don't want to even say it is part of your brand, but it's not the way, the reason I say, I hate to say it because brand almost sounds like superficial and it's not that because it really is like an authentic expression of who you are and that spiritual element of birth is a lot of times left out of the conversation. So what was that like, you know, you sharing your testimony and you being a woman of faith and how it progressed over the years into 
God-led childbirth? Well, I know it's probably a long story, <laughs> like the evolution of it, maybe. No, I was trying to record on my phone and I got distracted. But when you were saying that, I was like revving up because I was feeling what you were saying and it was, it was igniting like the passion and how God gave this to me. So birth, you said my faith and birth, you know, you assume it was a part of it. Well, actually, no, with my first son, it was not. With your, um, with your first birth, that was a cesarean? Yes. Okay. So with my first birth, it was not a very spiritual experience at all. You know, um, I was young. I was 20 years old. Um, actually, I was, yeah, I was 20 when I had my son Christian in March of 2006. And then I turned 21 the next month. So I thought that, you know, my biggest thing is I just want to have a natural birth. You know, mm -hmm. I figured I went on babycenter.com. I printed off a birth plan and they had boxes to check. I just checked all the boxes like, okay, I want a natural birth. Did I you do education or anything like that? Or just you're like self-researching at this point? trying to just, I just okay my thing was find a good doctor with a hot with an office that looks pretty and nice and a hospital that looks nice and is modern and you know and get a birth plan check off the boxes okay I have to I want you to finish this story obviously <laughs> but I have to take a pause right here because this is if there's any aspiring or expecting moms listening to this episode, this is what happens, you guys, when we are not, when we don't have the education. And granted, this has now been that, you know, 11, 12 years ago. So we have more resources at our fingertips now and more awareness. But a lot of times we see, you know, first time moms go in and they're like, I'm going to look some stuff up online. I'm going to find the doctor's office that might have like a good rating online or my sister, cousin, friend, whoever preferred bring in my, my birth plan with my boxes checked off and I'm going to have the birth that I want. And we'll talk a little bit more in depth about that and how that is typically not how things unfold and why it is so important to have the support of birth professionals in all different capacities. Um, so we'll talk about that more, but I think that's interesting how that was the beginning of your story in your transition into becoming a mom and how, um, you know, that experience really transitioned into you eventually inspiring, educating, supporting others, because it's so typical, which is, you know, we're obviously trying to change that narrative, but um, continue. You walk in, you got your birth plan, the box is checked. You're like, I'm, I'm ready to go. This is the birth that I'm going to have this natural birth. Yeah. I'm just like, okay. Like I was prepared. I thought I was overly prepared. I had brought like, you know, a folder for my husband and inside the folder, I had the birth plan and this is what he needs to do. And, and this is the things he needs to bring. And I had all that prepared I had the baby bag my bag so I'm like okay everything's ready I'm prepared 
Mm-hmm. So um, I went to what did my your husband say? What did your husband say to his little folder? Was, just, he, was he like kind of caught off guard or what did he say? He just was just like, you know, okay. He didn't know anything. <laughs> yeah. he, just, he just thought, okay, well, I guess, you know. Yeah. And so I went to my one of my, like I was 38 weeks. So, you know, one of those last appointments. And I was just really uncomfortable. And I know that sounds familiar. You're a chiropractor. So you deal with mamas, you're a mama, you're a doula. And I was just uncomfortable. And I thought. Like you had a bad, bad feeling or like something just didn't sit right. So I was physically uncomfortable because I was 38 weeks pregnant. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I'm, I'm five, nine. And I was only like, um, before pregnancy, I was only like maybe 140. 50 pounds. I was super thin, but I had gained a lot of weight during pregnancy because I thought that I was supposed to eat a lot. Like people say, you're supposed to eat for two. Eating for two. Yeah. So you, you were literally at this point, you were like, I'm just ready to have this baby uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like I don't Mm want to be pregnant anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like 200 pounds, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was just uncomfortable. I was swollen. My feet were swollen. And so um, I told my doctor, I said, I'm uncomfortable. I'm ready to have the baby. And she was like, okay, we can induce you next week. So I was like, oh gosh, thank you. Like, okay. Get this baby out of me. You, you understand how I feel right now. Yeah, she understands somebody who gets it. Little did I know anything about inductions, anything about um, my body just needed to go through the natural process, um, or even that it was just normal and typical that many women felt that way towards the end. Yeah. So and I, this is not to say, of course, we're not saying this is where I got to put my doula hat on, mm-hmm. not to say that inductions are not necessary in certain cases, because there are medical indications for inductions, but in your story, it was, you were just tired of being pregnant which there are a lot of, um, a lot of times from what I see as a doula it's rare that the inductions that are done are for medical necessity. A lot of times it can be, you know, like your situation where it's just, I don't want to be pregnant anymore. Let's get this baby out of me. It could be a provider. Like I had a, um, a mom who was going for a VBAC and her provider, two weeks before her 40 week day was Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to be in Europe and I leave on this date. That was like in her window when she was going to have her baby. And she had sought out this provider for her be back. So the doctor was like, we could go ahead and schedule you right now for the induction. So I'll be here. So, you know, your doctor's vacation, a holiday, um, suspected big baby for moms Mm -hmm. that do not have any gestational diabetes and, um, are otherwise, you know, healthy, just going based off of ultrasound. Those are not medical reasons. So just had to be clear about that. So that's not to say anyone listening that has had an induction or maybe is needing to schedule an induction for a medical reason that inductions are bad, but oftentimes they are not, not done for medical necessity. And so that is what you were experiencing, but not knowing what you didn't know, you were like, this doctor gets it. I'm gonna have a baby in a week because I'm just over this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
And I was going to also say that a lot of new moms don't, they're not educated on um, the pros and cons of inductions when they're given that option. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know the pros and cons of it. I always tell my clients, you know, use your brain and that stands for benefit. What's the benefit of this procedure? What's the risk of this procedure? What's the alternative? What is your intuition saying to you? Um, and then what if you do nothing at all? So try to really think through the decisions you make and understand that your feelings are going to be temporary, but these major decisions can have a lasting impact on your birth experience. Yes. So, but I didn't know that then. Um, so I went ahead, we scheduled the um, induction and then it just went really, once, once I got there and they started giving me, um, you know, started the procedure, it went really bad. My baby's heart rate started going down um, and fluctuating. And so they wanted, they did emergency C-section. Um, yeah. yeah. With that, even what I know now, you know, that may have still not been a medical, you know, that, that may, we could have. So what we know now as birth professionals is that sometimes babies' heart rates do kind of fluctuate. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times kind of restabilize it and either, you know, stop the medication that they're giving you for a little while and do some alternative things. But in my case, they kind of just, the, the heart rate started going down and so fluctuating. And so um, they just did emergency C-section. Um, it was a traumatic experience because I wasn't prepared for it. Uh -huh. um, and it just really uh, set the tone for what I expected birth to be from now on. Yeah. And so after with your second birth, other than we, we had talked about how you, you know, got educated and you did things differently. You had a VBAC, which is a vaginal birth after a C-section. Yeah. Was that the point that your faith, you really started to lean on your, your Christian faith and really lean on God through your birth process? Or did it even come later than that? Yeah. So after that experience, I was just kind of like, okay, this is how birth is. I guess it's traumatic, it's uncomfortable, you have no say in it. And and I'm I'm upset. I'm upset with the women in my family who haven't. Um, these are just my thoughts back then. I'm like, I'm upset with the women in my family who's had all these babies and nobody has sat me down and talked to me about birth. That was my first go-to because I was thinking everybody in my family was just saying, Oh, you're gonna have a baby and congratulations and but no, no woman who's been through this could tell me. Give you the rundown. Like, this is what you can expect. This is what you can expect. Or kind of like when you have your cycle, it's like what woman in your family, you know, somebody sits you down and say, okay, you're going to have a cycle. This is what you should expect. So I was a little bitter about that initially. Um, and God and my faith and all of that had nothing to do with that experience, really, because I've, I never had connected the two. Okay. Because women, we never connected to. I've never heard anybody at that point connect the two. I've always heard, pe you know, people who were super spiritual um, and faith based 
they of course worship God. They, they talked about, we're going to pray for a safe delivery, whatever. But why it do was, you think that is? Why do you think we, because I think what you're saying, it is, it's so much of that. Like we're going to pray for a safe and, and healthy delivery, but it's not, it's kind of like a, there's like a disconnect, which now going through the process specifically with you, I can't really imagine it any other way because they're in this where my, uh, this where my hormones kicking in. Cause I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Like oh. there's not really from what I have experienced, I haven't really experienced a lot of events in my life that are more spiritual than birth itself. So I think in, it's like, especially in it's like an altered state in the sense of like really allowing a physiological birth unfold. Like there's nothing less spirit. Like that's one of the most experienced spiritual experiences you can have. So why do you think that is that we are now in a place where it's like, even women who are Christians or who have, you know, faith and who believe in God, like are, they kind of separate the two or they don't even think about it. I think because a lot of it has to do with history and just uh, as women, we've always kind of been taught to disconnect ourselves from our femininity, mm, our body, like our physical our bodies. Yeah. And, and what goes on with our bodies. Um, and so that's one aspect of it. And then I think the same is true with your spirituality. Um, and as a believer and as a Christian, it's like, you're taught to believe in God, you're taught to pray, you're taught all these things, but then you're taught when it comes to birth, you, you put that over there, just pray about it, pray that God does well with it, but it's separate. And so I believe with any event in your life, you're not really going to go deeper into your spirituality um, until you really feel like you're you have no other options, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the reason why I, how I kind of got on this journey was because I was up against something really big. Yeah. Know? So again, let 11 years ago, and just for your listeners to kind of know, I mean, I've had um, out of hospital births recent, as recent as five years ago, because my, my youngest son is five. Mm-hmm. So I have more recent experiences but my son from 11 years ago is really relevant because it really um shows how I started and so and the reason why I was gonna have a v-back but during that time like we mentioned there were no women of color of um on media they're mostly the doctors were saying once a v-back I mean, once a C-section, always a always C-section. A C-section. And so that was the thing. Once a C-section, always a C-section. Um, and so it was, I would be hard pressed to find a supportive doctor, a doctor who would allow me to do a VBAC, even after just one cesarean. Um, so when I finally found a midwife, it was, it was already a big feat in months and months of trying to find the right provider. And then now I had to 
tackle the fact that, okay, finally I have someone who's going to say yes and who's going to agree to allow me to um, try for vaginal birth. But now that I'm here, and let me go back, the reason I even tried to go there and the reason I even began my journey is because I was starting to feel that urging in my spirit that there's something more. There has to be another experience that I can have outside of just scheduling another cesarean at the hospital. And so in being obedient to that and to my, what is my spirit saying? What is my intuition saying? I was led down that path. And even though the doors were shutting on me, I knew that what I was feeling and sensing was real. And so that's another point I want to tell listeners as women, you know, you have to trust your intuition. You have to trust what your, the spirit, um, the Holy spirit is saying to you. If you feel something is wrong or uh, not wrong, but if you feel uncomfortable about something, if you feel like you're not being heard by your provider, if you feel like you, you want to try a different birth experience or birth team or whatever, listen to that small, still voice. Um, so I was listening to the voice and I was following it. I didn't know where I was following it to because I had never been on that journey. <laughs> on before. That path. No one else around me had. So, um, you know, and at that time, again, black, a lot of black women weren't educated. And so when I would bring it up, it would be like, what are you doing? Why would you be doing that? Um, that's not safe. All of that. Yeah. So once I found a midwife that would agree to taking me on, now I had to like prepare my mind mm-hmm. um, for what was about to happen. Cause and I, that, was, oh my gosh. Now that, that I'm here, itself I is so say, key, that mental preparation mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I just, it's like I had fought for this because I knew this is where. God was leading me, but now that I finally was at the door of a midwife that said, sure, yeah, I'll take you. I was like, okay, man, I have to have a baby without any medication. Yeah. yeah. And at that time, that was that was my my thoughts and my worldview. I have to have a baby with no medication. How am I gonna do that? But again, just trusting, obeying that I was in the right place. And I, you know, and I could do it and that God was going to be with me and trusting that, um, I just began to really delve into scripture, delve into Holy Spirit, talking to him about, um, my, my body, my birth experience, talking to him about my birth team, asking him questions and inquiring of him. Um, the scripture says that if you draw not to me, I will draw not to you. And so, we have to remember that if we are getting closer to God through reading our scripture, through worshiping, through talking to him in prayer, you know, you have no choice, but for him to also come closer yeah. to speak to you. And so that's how so, I started with that. What was the transformation that you saw in yourself once you started to really prepare yourself mentally and spiritually And then how has that now progressed to how you've supported clients with that same framework through the years? Um, 
So I would say that experience was pivotal for me um, as a believer and who I am right now as a person. It, it, it was everything. It was the foundation for who I am as a person right now. It was my time to where I had I had to trust God for something like really, really big, something that was a situation that could easily be life and death. And for the listener, life and death because of, um, in the sense of, you know, the risk involved in VBAC, but life and death just in the reality that when you have a baby, physiologically, it's a super painful thing. We don't have control of the outcome um, either way. We we prepare, we plan, we make precautions if you're a healthy woman, but we these are the type of things that we just don't know how things are gonna go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just thinking about, you know, my safety. I was thinking about the pain <laughs> of it. I was thinking about the baby. And could I do it? Can I do, can I really do this? Mm -hmm. You know, I've never been, and these are the things I hear moms say now, because for me, it's like, I've never broken a leg, arm. I've never been in a fight physically before. That was me before. And I don't know if it was even, (laughs) I don't know if I was fixated on pain. Mm-hmm. But just the whole idea, like I did reach that point towards the end of my pregnancy where mm-hmm. I was like, I really like this baby has to actually exit my body. Mm-hmm. Like I'm planning to do this at my house and like nobody else can do it for me. Like yeah. this is what's happening. So I had that kind of freak out moment, if you will. But I also, once I talked like with you and I talked with, um, a friend who had had a home birth, Mm -hmm. I realized like, there's only so much you could do as far as checking off the list of preparation. And then you get to a point where there's a certain level of letting go and you just release the situation of, like you said, I can't control the outcome. I've done everything in my power to prepare, prepare for the best outcome, but you have to reach a point where you're like, you kind of let go. Yes. And the funny thing is, I remember that with you. Do you what did I say? Because I, I vaguely, you, I don't really remember it that much. So tell me what I said. I mean, the thing about you where we, we really worked a lot on letting go. Okay. In general, that's true because I don't want it. Um, well, we can kind of talk about this. Um, one of the things that's really unique about how you help prepare your clients is the prayer petition where you have your clients actually write out, you know, their prayers And the, the prayer is a big part of, um, and like you're saying that time to really convene with God through prayer and worship and really listening to the Holy spirit is like you guide, um, you know, your clients through that. So with my quote unquote birth plan, Mm -hmm. it wasn't for me, it wasn't, um, you know, checking of the boxes. It was, I felt like my quote unquote plan needed to be more so for me to let go. And so my written prayer was a reflection of that. So that's what I remember. I don't know if your perspective, <laughs> if you remember it differently. 
that's how I remember it too. Because okay. I think the thing about it is, as doula, um, is one when you've been through something and you've kind of been inside of a thing, then when you support somebody, you can support them a little differently. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. And then with me and how I was able to guide, I'm gonna say was able to guide clients because I currently don't take clients. <laughs> yeah, we'll segue into after we kind of yeah. finish this up, that'll be a good segue into mm -hmm. where you're at with your businesses and being an yeah. entrepreneurial mommy. Yeah, so one of the things is no moms are two moms are the same. And so yes, I do have people, you know, clients do a petition. The petition is something that I literally did for Caleb, um, my first be back. Um, so the way that God led me through the journey is the way is the foundation of the way that I let led everybody else through it. Mm -hmm. Now it always will be like altered for the individual mom. So yeah. yes, I think that's important because the word of God says to write the vision and make it plain. So um, I think that's so beautiful how like God uses our experiences for us to, to like help other people mm -hmm. like good, bad, indifferent as far as how the experience was like how powerful it is to then be able to, you know, to then guide yeah, people. It blows my mind because like I was just trying to get through the situation myself and I'm like, oh my God. And it was very difficult. And I'm like, oh, wow. The part with trying to find a provider and, you know, first of all, being pregnant again and then trying to find a provider. And so for God to then take my obedience, even though I really didn't want to do uh, do it that way I felt like this is what he was calling me to do like I had no intentions people always assume like oh you're a holistic you want to you wanted to do a natural birth you no not not really not in the beginning yeah <laughs> you just knew your experience the experience that you had you knew in your spirit that was not the experience yeah, and that I was simply being obedient and I just encourage moms women who are kingdom-minded that what God has for you is so much better than your, bigger than your fears. What God yeah. has for you is so much bigger than your fears. And so if you can just trust him and walk in obedience through your pregnancy and through your birth experience, I guarantee you, you are going to be grateful you did on the other side. Yeah. So with you, Lauren, we definitely um, try to talk about letting go. Um, you know, in a birth plan or in the petition, the, a birth plan is one thing. We talk about how you want the atmosphere, what, you know, what you want to do. Do you want delay cord clamping? Did you want this? Do you want that? That's one thing. It's really technical, it's practical, and it can be black and white. But the prayer petition is something to where you sit down as an activity and you simply, you know, allow God's well, actually, you allow your heart to really pour open to the Father, and you tell Him what your really your desires are, what your heart is, what you feel like He's told you. Because a lot of women feel in their spirit like this is what God wants me to do, or He wants this, or He wants that, or they've been the Holy Spirit's been talking to them, and they feel like God's shown them something. You know, maybe He's shown them a particular space or he's shown them a time or anything because everybody's so unique 
but pour that out, write it in a petition. Don't be afraid. Some people are super particular. They'll ask for, you know, to have a short labor or that certain people can make it. And I'm, I really believe in that because I believe the word of God says that he will give you the desires of your heart. But I'm also the type of person that I feel like Holy Spirit should rule you over anything else. You should let him override you. So with you, and no, don't ask, for, don't get all particular and ask for the Lord to give you a five hour birth. And I'm believing you, God, for this. And I'm like, you just need to be asking God saying, I'm going to trust you. Regardless, I'm going to trust you. And you did have some vague things like, you know, the birth date. Yeah, that was specific. Yes. And you got it too. I did. Yeah, you got it. And the thing is, it's because God knows what all of his children need and you needed something specific. And I was going to tell you that after that baby was born, you just matured so much, like instantly. And when I say mature, she's all, she's super mature. She's (laughs) smart and intelligent already, you know, but there was a sense of womanliness and womanhood that you just instantly came into. And then you can just see it on your face. Like you just look like a completely different person after you had Luca. And you could tell it's like, she, she did it. Like she arrived, she crossed over in that spiritual growth that I had back then, um, that unspoken experience, that spiritual encounter that I had back then that I couldn't even hardly quantify. I got to see it happening. You, and yeah, that right there is beyond my wildest dreams. That God would do something for me that I was like in petition and prayer for, and He would just literally um, use me. Though after my experience to do the same thing in other people in their own way, it blows my mind. Okay. So one of the things that you mentioned is you don't take clients in the present doula clients, but you mentioned, um, the journal and you mentioned, we talked about the agency a little bit. So we'll, I'll add the details for both of those things in the, um, show notes and everything. So you guys can go shop. So y'all can look Dallas Royal doulas online and find yourself a doula, all of that good stuff. But now it seems that you are in a new season of you're, you're like building something bigger through your birth businesses. And those two things are super key. And, um, I'm really curious to know too, cause we, we, haven't talked a lot about, we've talked about your birth experiences, but you as just a mom, like finding this rhythm in your life with how you're growing your birth businesses and, you know, having that time for your four boys, because, you know, kids are such individuals and I'm sure they all have their different needs and you have a husband. So tell us about like, in this season, how you're finding a rhythm with all of that and how you began to transition away from taking an individual client, individual clients to now focusing on the journal and the agency. Okay. Well, one of the things that I believe deeply in is, um, 
knowing the seasons that you're in in life, mm -hmm. being aware um, so that you can stay in the will of the Father and you can stay in his protection and provision. So for me, when I, for the last, for the last five years strong, I've been really committed to being uh, a doula, physically serving moms and making an impact in that way. Um, and that was all me also transitioning from childbirth education to doula work was all me being obedient to what God was calling me to do at that time. Um, so many lives have been impacted and it's been amazing. But during that time, my, my children, it was hard for like my children and my family, you know, my family. Yeah. I put a lot into um, my clients. Um, it was, it was tough. A lot of the things that I, that I used to, you know, them, um, for everything, I was always at their school weekly eating lunch, you know, in the class, class mom. And so they had a shift as well as I kind of grew, you know, my business originally and did God's work in that way. Um, but he covered us during that time. And when I tell you every time I had a birth, every time I had to be with a mom, it was like the windows of heaven would open and everything would align for me. Everything with my kids would align. Everything with the moms I was serving would align. It wouldn't matter if I needed to be with a mom 24, 48 hours, or if I just was a quick situation my kids were always okay like and it blew my mind because after the birth of that baby it was like all hell would kind of break loose again and I was a busy mom again and like oh what happened to the help what happened to all this stuff you know but I knew this is how I knew that I was in the will of God and not that anointing was on me for that during that season so now um, God is, is transitioning me to take all of those, the, the lessons, the seeds I planted, and now to kind of pass that baton over to other up-and-coming doulas. Um, a few years ago, I noticed people would be reaching out to me, asking for mentorship, asking for help, getting started as a doula, and I just thought to myself, you know, I'm... People know who I am. I'm doing well, but it will really be cool if not only was I making an impact, but if I was able to bring other people along and have other people um, share the stage, share the stage that God was giving me, that God had put me on with other people, you know? So that's what I started doing. What do you, and I was going to ask, um, shoot, I had a little bit of a, um, I had a little brain fart of what I was going to ask as it relates to that. It'll come back to me in a second. Yeah. So and, while you're thinking of that, I was going to just say, um, and in doing that, I've been able to train, um, a lot of different do dozens of doulas now at this point in the last year um i've kind of branched off my personal brand royal lemire which houses my god-led childbirth 
um, ventures and started Dallas Royal Doulas, which is went from agency to doula practice. And we have doulas that we um, house where moms can go ahead and have a doula, pick a doula for their birth. And um, so it's not just me anymore. It's not just one person. You know, I have multiple doulas that can help be able to help other moms and make a larger impact on a bigger scale. So that's what I was going to ask is how did you know, um, just like as a mom and an entrepreneur that this season was changing for you and that it was time to, um, not necessarily pivot because I think all of these things that you have been doing, you know, they flow together, but how did you know that the season was kind of changing for you to move towards, mentorship and you know building your doula practice and all of that okay you asking questions that you were really asking me if we were on the phone <laughs> yes I mean this is a real conversation I'm like <laughs> I don't want it to feel like oh, that's a good question that's yeah. a really good question I'm like because I think this on the phone I think a lot of us kind of go through that too and that's what made me think about it outside of just like birth work you know just like for example with me I always had this vision of, I would have this super busy practice. I would be seeing, you know, hundreds of people and I'd be seeing the whole family and this and that. And then of course we moved from those of you that know the details of my story, we moved from Houston to DFW and I pretty much started from scratch, but also at that time I was becoming a new mom. So once my son was here, you know, I'm, I'm focused on him while he's little and being available to him. So just, there was that shift in priorities. So it was like, okay, what kind of practice do I want? How much am I working? What are ways that I'm going to, you know, work smart because I have to conserve my time and my energy output to care for my family and to care for my child. So I think we all go through those stages as women, specifically as moms, where it's like, you know, when your kids are small, one thing might work as you're, when you have one or two kids, you know, another thing might work. And then as your family grows, you have to change that. Or, um, you know, as your kids get older and your kids are school age and they're getting more, you know, independent as they grow up, there's these different seasons we go through and it can be scary to, have one thing that we've always done. Like, you know, you could have been Ebene, the doula, seeing 15,000 million clients a year, but that for this season, like you're saying, would not have served your greater purpose for what God had laid out for you. And then also it would likely have not been the right thing as it relates to you know, just your family balance and, um, that's your availability for, you know, your marriage and all of these things you have going on outside of business. So that's why I wanted to ask you, because I, I feel like we could all see ourselves in your transition and recognizing and maybe having some nerves about it, but having the courage to do what we know we need to do to move on to a new season. Yeah, um, I was just teasing you, by the way, about that. But yeah, you're right. What happened was in 2000 and... You're so funny. <laughs> 2019, 
I think it was 2009. When did the pandemic? 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So at the end of 2019, um, like I said, people were pulling at me from left and right. Um, Constant inboxes, constant, you know, constantly. How can I be a doula? Can I mentor with you? Can you train me? Or it was, I noticed that my inboxes and my inquiries went from moms just wanting me as a doula. It was, it was usually, oh, how can I hire you as a doula? To then it became, they all were just like, hey, can you mentor me? Hey, do you have um, space available for this or that? So I saw the signs, you know, kind of 2018, 2019. Um, but the end of 2019, in prayer time, you know, the Lord talked to me about transitioning and pivoting. So he used that word, it's time to pivot. Um, and I'm like, okay. And so I knew I had all these things inside of me that I wanted to birth, like many of us, but I didn't know when it was going to be the right time. So he yeah, like telling me it's time to start pivoting. Um, and so I would say that again, as a believer, you're not going to know the plans that you have for that. Um, you're not going to know the plans for your life. Like the word of God says that I know the plans that I have for your life, you know, says the Lord. So he has the plans for our life. And so we're going to always be a little confused or a little bit kind of unsure if we don't take that time with him. And so the prayer time is what um, helped me get clear. Um, and I knew the time away from it's again like I said I was having this grace and this anointing and this just supernatural was happening anytime I needed to go to a birth and then I slowly started noticing more um you know more sat more of a sacrifice you know not as much you know um like okay it seems like maybe things are changing a little bit and so I would say I noticed things happening where I needed to be more present with my kids. Um, The Lord straight up told me it's time to start pivoting. Um, And again, so whenever you're super successful in what you're doing and nothing's going wrong, like nothing was going wrong. I was constantly getting booked. I was booked. I, you know, I could have did it forever. I was doing it. It, It was becoming second nature. For me, um, it wasn't a hard job for me to do. And I was beginning to get paid my work. Um, And that's hard to like trust God to move to the next step and to pivot whenever you um, really, when when you really are doing well and nothing is going wrong. So I made a choice that I was going to, again, have to obey God and trust him and go to the next level. Um, so that's what I did. And that's why I say, you know what, I would rather sacrifice this perceived platform that I'm on as a doula and doing well, and people know who I am and blah, blah, blah. I would rather take myself off that and, and like sacrifice that and build something else and have other people stand on the platform because it's, I feel like obe- the word says obedience is better than sacrifice. So it's better to obey God because what you think is, is success as an individual could just be a smoke screen and as well. Um, and so I knew it was time to pivot. 
and I just did it and I did it afraid and I did it confused and I did it and I made a ton of mistakes. I've talked to you privately about some of those mistakes we made in our first year. Um, but I'm still happy because I know that, again, when you're in the will of the Father, that's where your protection and your provision is. And I can just only just move forward from here. Yeah. So it sounds like really continuing that having that strong prayer life and seeking God. And even in, in your day to day, you started to notice the tension in certain areas that were valuable to you. Like you're saying with Mm -hmm. your kids and stuff like that. Cause it wasn't like, like you're saying, wasn't like you weren't getting clients booked or you weren't getting paid or this and that. It was like these other areas of tension in your life where it's like, okay, we have to um, you know, reduce friction in some areas and really like seek God about what's next and keywords, which, you know, I struggle with personally, always a pursuit is, is confusing. And a lot of times you don't really know kind of what's around the corner. And there is a level of having to take that leap of faith into the next season. So mm-hmm. Well, very cool. I'm so excited that you got to join me. We kind of like not played. What is the equivalent to phone tag calendar tag for a little bit, trying to find a time that worked for both of us. And, um, I'm super excited for people to hear from you and go ahead and tell us where to get connected with you. And also, as I mentioned, I'll link the things like the journal, where to find you online, all of that good stuff. Okay, awesome. So right now, the thing that I'm working on that's really on my heart is the mentoring of doulas. So I have God-led doula mentorship. Um, and I these have- are doulas anywhere. Like you could, they could be wherever. Yeah, last time I had doulas all over the country, California, Brooklyn, Ohio. So yes, anywhere you are, it's online. Um, this mentorship is amazing. Um, God really, it's another thing God's birthed through me. So check that out on www.royallemirebirth.com. Um, the next course starts on September the 26th. Uh, so check that out. You can inbox me as well. Follow me at follow me at royallemirebirth.com. That's R-O-Y-A-L. L-A-M-E-R-E, birth, B-I-R-T-H. Also, if you need a doula and you're in the Dallas area, go to DallasRoyalDoulas.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for um, joining me again. And last thing, any words of wisdom or any little nuggets on your heart, whether it be for, you know, expecting moms going through this pregnancy and birth journey, or even just entrepreneurial moms in general, anything you want to leave us with? Yeah, I just would say my prayer for you is that you really trust God during this season of your life, that you remember that no matter how the world is being shaken up right now, that he still has you, that he still is in control of your life. If you trust him and follow him, And no matter who or who cannot be a part of your birth experience, just know that God will always be in the birthing room. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ebene. You're You're amazing. Bye-bye. I love you, girl.